the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We continue with today's theme, which is talking about, uh, oh, some of the differences in the um, uh, various districts for elected offices like the State House of Representatives, and in particular, we've been talking about the 68th District today, which has an incumbent who's practically starting from scratch because with the exception of the town that he lives in, the whole district has changed. And uh, we there's a candidate uh, that used to be on television, and my guests this hour have uh, run for political offices before they've been on the show before they are a married couple and they are both running for the same seat the 68th district uh, seat in the um, michigan house of representatives ray freiberger is a democrat his wife lynn freiberger is a republican and they are both running for the same seat and they are both joining me by phone Ray Lynn, good morning and welcome back to the show. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Tom. Glad to be back. Um, you know, this is this is like one of those things they make movies about with Spencer Tracy and uh, <laughs> and Catherine Hepburn. You know, a married couple running from different parties. Um, Do you disagree about a lot of things, or do you find that that there are things you uh, agree about? Well, yes, there are certain things that we do agree on, and yes, there are certain things we disagree on, um, but we try to work it out, try to come to a compromise, meeting in the middle, and see what happens. But then, Tom, I also have to give in a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Having having been married a couple of times, Ray, I understand that completely. Um, But why run for the same seat instead of uh, different seats so as not to find yourself uh, on opposite sides of a particular issue that might come up in that race? Well, we've... As you know, like you said, we've run in the past, but this is one where we both feel we could do a good job, and there's not other uh, uh, campaigns right now running that would give us this opportunity. 
Do you think of it as uh, being an open seat, even though technically there is an incumbent in the race? Uh, no, we we look, we see that there's an incumbent, but and we also see that he does not have the big area that he used to have. So, what he was counting on after looking at the area, it looks like a lot of his support came from the other areas to put him into that seat. So he's basically about the same level as everybody. Now, what are you, the two of you doing um, to, to campaign for this office? Do you go out together and campaign and tell people, well, you know, she's a Republican and I'm a Democrat or vice versa? No. He has been to his Democratic Party's functions. And what we've also done is I have what they call a ban that you get from the parties and from the state that tell you who's voted Demo- who's who leans to Democrats, who leans to Republicans. And what we'll do is we'll put those together and find this find a street that has both Democrats and Republicans on it. She'll go to the house, those houses and I'll go to the Repub- Democratic houses. And then sometimes you get people go, well, I, I want to talk. What about the Republican candidate? I was, oh, okay, here, we'll get her over here and she'll talk to you and I'll go talk to somebody else. <laughs> Which we have done. I mean, we've been out and about. We have talked to a lot of different people. Um, we have made connections in the communities, uh, just trying to let them know that we're out there, we're willing to fight for Michiganders. What are you hearing from the people that you talk to when you're out campaigning? Uh, how much gas they have to pay for, how much food they have to pay for, and how much rent they are suffering with. So, I mean, right now everybody is hurting. I mean, if there is, you know, the municipalities are probably stretched to their financial ba- you know, borders. And if there is a slush fund at the state level, couldn't that somehow be filtered down and help the municipalities with their, you know, helping the community, helping the people that are suffering? Because if you look at it, if a person has to pay for food and gas and the rent go and pay the rent and they can't do it, they're not covering their basic needs. And so what happens is, these people don't pay the rent, they get evicted, so now we got a homeless couple. Or they lose their car because it gets repossessed, they can't go to work. So these are, this, this, this is a big, a big domino effect, and that's where we need, that's one of the most important things that we need to do here in Michigan is take care of the Michiganders. Don't worry, uh, the National Party say we, we want to go... Uh, Wade, we want to we want to do church. We want to fight the Second Amendment. Those are not helping what the current situation is, and that is, people need to be able to live and meet their basic needs. Ray, I'm glad you said that because I, I know of um, women, for example, who can't work because it costs them more for childcare than they would make. And it's um, 
it, it doesn't matter very much to them what the Supreme Court has decided about Roe v. Wade or guns or same-sex marriage. It sounds to me like what you're running into is a lot of uh, bread-and-butter kitchen table issues. You know, what? I can't afford to pay my rent. I can't afford car insurance. I can't afford gas. It sounds like it's a it's a, a a loop. You go to work, get the money, put the fuel in the car to go to work to get the money to put fuel in the car. So where's the money for the food and where's the money for the rent? Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's it, it's amazing. What what are the things that attracted you to come in? Was it talking to people about issues like this that made you decide that you wanted to run, that you might be able to make a difference? Absolutely. Yeah, because nobody's listening. Everybody's listening to the uh, what the national parties are saying and not really worrying about the poor guy in the street. They're not the looking at yeah, they're not looking at voted them in. They're not looking at the people at the bottom. They're all looking at one, I mean, they got blinkers on. They're, they're looking at just one subject matter and not looking at what's happening around them. I mean, communities are hurting, cities are hurting. Uh, we have violence everywhere. What is happening with that? You know, I mean, right now, so far, here where I'm living in Burton, I'm not seeing a lot of that, but I read the news. I look at the news, I see it on TV, I look at it on social media, and everybody is hurting. Everybody's afraid to go out to get the fuel, to get the food, to go pay the rent because you got someone out there with a gun. I mean, I'm reading it mainly, it's unfortunately, in the bigger cities, but I hate to have to see it come here. Well, and it's, it's not like it's um, that far off. I mean, just within the last 24 hours, a case in Indiana not too long ago, one in Oxford right down the road. So, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah, we had a loss here. Um, I saw a badge on the police chief's, um, on his chest, and it had a black band, which meant there was a loss in the police force. I didn't really realize who it was, but I, you know, offered my condolences for the loss of a police officer. And they're out there. They're the warriors. They're out there 24-7. And for anybody to go after them, that's not... That's not fair. But, and two, Tom, what you got to look at is the security. You know, you get the, you, get, you go to the kids in the schools and you get, well, so-and-so, Johnny shot so-and-so and they shot so many kids. Okay, my question, where were the parents? How did the kid get the gun without the parents knowing it? Okay. What we need to do is not only prosecute the kids, we need to take the parents and make them responsible, too. I mean, you look at the laws, children can't sign a contract until they're 18. So, technically, the parents are the responsible, par uh, responsible person. So, they should be held accountable, too. And get to know what your kid's doing. Turn, turn off his machine. You know? It's interesting you say that, Ray, because I, I just talked to, uh, I, I was talking to a Republican earlier today 
who said the exact same thing about parent, uh, parental responsibility. Where do the parents fit into these um, active shooting situations and, and other kinds of youth violence? Um, you know, what do we do we hold parents responsible and and that made me wonder because you know you're a democrat person i talked to was a republican you're saying the same thing and as a married couple and two people on different sides of the the so-called political aisle are the differences that come up between republicans and democrats irreconcilable it depends upon who you're talking to. They, sh they should be working together. There should be a partisanship between the two major parties. And um, I'm seeing too much division in each party. And it seems like, and I, I was noticing this, you know, back in 2016, and it actually hit the news, and I'm going, oh, you mean they actually are stating it publicly that there might be a civil war between the two major parties? And I'm going, what? What? Yeah, they, they got. We gotta stop fighting amongst ourselves and think about not us as a as a Republican or Democrat in office, but think about the people who voted us into office. That's one reason not to get off the subject, but to let you know we do self funding. In other words. In the primaries, we've done this in all our elections, we pay for everything. We don't go out and ask for donations because we figure, why should we, why should you have to pay me to get a job to help you? So after the primaries is when we start accepting donations. And even then, sometimes we don't even do it then. But, yeah, we've got to work together. It's not... It's it's an America. It's America. It isn't Republica Demo. You know? It's America. We've had people who died and stuff like this. People military people who've been killed who never come back. And civilians who have been killed trying to do their jobs to protect what people fought for. Yet people don't care anymore. It's a me, me, me neighborhood. Well, how do we change that? More communication, a lot more communication. Transparency. I mean, when you're seeing a story like four months ago and then it comes out four months later, oh, well, this isn't right or this isn't true. For instance, like that thing down at the border, you know, the... Uh, administration is still looking at wanting to prosecute guys that had nothing to do with whipping anybody. I mean, what is this? I hey, mean, Lynn, you've got people going after people. Lynn, I, I, I hate to interrupt, but speaking sure. of communication, I have to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few no, words. No problem. We understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you guys stick around for a few minutes and we'll talk oh, some yeah. more? Great. Yeah, Ray? We'll <laughs> yep. Ray and Lynn Freiberger are my guests this hour. They are... Uh, 
Uh, Lynn is a Republican, Ray is a Democrat, and they are both running for the same seat in the Michigan House of Representatives, the 68th District. If you're listening to us on WFOVLP 92.1 FM Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, 
Dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with uh, two candidates for the 68th district seat on the uh, in the uh, Michigan House of Representatives, rather. Ray Freiberger, a Democrat, Lynn Freiberger, a Republican, and they are married to each other. Um, Lynn, Ray, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, that's okay. We're good. <laughs> um if both of you won your respective primaries uh, in two weeks and became the Republican and Democratic candidates for that seat, um, would that be tough? Would you be thinking of it as, as running against each other? Yeah, we'll be running against each other, but I've had 40 years of her, so... Okay, hey, and she and she wins. Like I said, she wins more than I do sometimes. But <laughs> no, uh, we knew that going in. You know, we know we. That's why we run before. We know that hey, if one wins, one doesn't win. Hey, that's good. If neither one of us wins, hey, we tried. Hey, we tried. You know, you got to get out there and change. You know, too many people sit around and say. Well, this is bad. I wish somebody would do something. And then you tell them, well, hey, you know, you can run. And they go, I don't want to do that. Then why are you complaining? You're not going out there to change. You're not taking the time to try to change something. So, no, I'll just make sure I sleep on the couch and she sleeps in the bedroom. (laughs) What are the things that that you disagree about? Uh, disagree about um, what time? What time to get up in the morning when I'm really tired and I don't want to get up? No, I was no, Ray. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking more about political issues. Like I know, I, Lynn. For uh, example, um, <laughs> a lot of Republicans um, have have decided to to continue to support Donald Trump. Um, do you think of yourself as a as a Trump supporter? Uh, well, <clears throat> no. I'm not a Trumpster. I am basically a traditional, conservative, middle-of-the-road, want-to-know-both-sides-of-the-story-before-making-a-decision Republican. And what about you, Ray? It isn't just Republicans who... Uh, think that uh, that Trump's on to something in terms of uh, so-called draining the swamp? Yeah, he, he wants to he trying to drain the swamp. Uh, as far as Trump goes, we're seeing the same thing, I'm sorry, in, in the Democratic Party at the upper levels because these people are wanting to do things and not worrying about the regular Americans. So that's why I always, like, 
my comment for my, my motto is uh, Michiganders first, National Party second. Because I'm sorry, they're not going to help you. Washington, the big politicians, they don't care. They're, they got their money, they got their, you know, power base, powers and stuff like that. So the little guy is suffering. And so that's where I disagree with the party. You know, I remember, I remember when the union, the Democrats, were there for the workers. Now it's like, well, whatever, we're going to do this. And this sounds like more, they're more Republican men than, than the Republicans are sounding. I believe that the needs of all Michiganders should outweigh the needs of select few or even just one. And that's my motto. How do you get that point across to people? Um, Lynn, let, let, me, let me ask you this, and, and Ray, too. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the hour, you've run for political offices before. Has the redistricting this time around because of the independent uh, uh, commission, has it changed things dramatically? Um, are you finding yourself running in different areas than you have in the past? Well, we lost Monday Township and Gain, Davison, Atlas, Davison Township, and Groveland. Groveland. Yeah. So um, I guess they were looking at demographics. I'm hoping that's what they were looking at, is trying to balance between the two major parties, irregardless of everybody out there. So I'm looking at... we. We had 50, it, we were putting our word out, we were letting people know about us, and we're doing the same thing, we're letting people know about us. It's basically, you know, groundwork from before, but we're expanding it due to the redistricting. And, and the other thing is, some of the areas that were put into the new district are rural areas or farm areas. So. You've got to be able to be able to talk to the to the person at the, at and like them understand, you know, because the other dist the old district was basically uh, semi semi rural, but more industrial in the sense that people worked in the factory, they worked in the office, they didn't work in the field, and the field was a different set of ball games. But based upon our careers uh, and talking and working with people, we know how to operate. You don't wear a suit to go campaign at some guy's farm because you may get your suit destroyed because of the what's going on on the farm. And then you don't wear cut-off jeans to go into an office. So that's the difference I see in the whole thing. Being a business, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask, aside from a concern for everyday people and voters and constituents, what what skills do you bring um, to the race and, and ultimately to Lansing if you win? Well, I've been an entrepreneur and a businesswoman for over 30 years and have had 
successful businesses, my very first one in 83, shocked the heck out of me in that I actually had a business that grew from the back of the trunk of a car to two locations, and I was in the black in 10 months. That has been my meter board for all my future businesses that I have had and what I currently have. I actually started one in 2019, and it survived the pandemic. Well, what you didn't want to tell you is also that you took a local retail hat supply sales and made it an international hat supply sales, selling hat toys and teasers all over the world for about 10 years until we closed it down because the cat cats became less. As for me, I figure spending uh, seven years in the military intelligence, learning three different languages, interrogations, uh, and then going to work for the IRS and doing tax audits, even writing for the national office for their materials is you know, I've had to do budgets that were for millions of dollars and everything and understand that. And it's all governmental accounting. And since I have a degree in accounting and taxation, I understand what's going on. And that that's what we bring. We bring the knowledge of what we've done, what we've done for umpteen years to help the people. And that will not only help the Small guys, it will help the businesses, help the small businesses, the big businesses, because there's things that you can do and suggest. We don't see that in the other candidates. Okay. The, the Republican uh, majority in Lansing um, has been pushing tax cuts. And, of course, the Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer, in her state of the state message, um, hinted that she was uh, pushing for some tax cuts. But without the, the federal um, COVID relief money, I don't think they'd be able to, to pay the bills with the, the tax cuts they're proposing. What is going to happen when the, when the COVID money runs out? We're going to be hurting. Definitely. The, state, the state's going to be hurting. Uh, Shouldn't we be looking at cutting some, some programs um, to, to offset those, uh, those tax cuts? And, and what programs can we do without? Well, let's put it this way. We have a lot of specialty programs out there. In other words, uh, some, uh, a municipality wants a uh, uh, a school uh, a new school or not a new school a library okay but they don't want us to pay it they want the state to pay for it and that's going to help a small group of people okay we don't need that they can wait let's take that money and put it into where it's going to help more 90 percent. 90% of the people instead of only helping 10%. So going through there, and which ones? Don't know until you get in there and see really what's going on. Because they're going to come up with these names and these, we're going to do this, and then you find out that it was done by so-and-so, and you spent 
X dollars to rename part of a highway. Okay? Well, that's, that doesn't need to be. That money could have been used to help homeless, help homeless, put up, put up, put up new traffic signs, stuff like this. That's what or repair the highway. Fix some bridges. Yeah, that stuff there instead of going to certain things. And also, who's responsible? Michigan, state of Michigan is not responsible for policing police in Detroit. That's the cities. Now, they're responsible to take that. They shouldn't be getting funds or Flint or any of the places getting funds that offset so that they can do something like put up a sign someplace or something that's not going to help the people of Michigan. So you cut those out first, that's spending. Hey, one thing you can do is stop all the reimbursements. Okay, you've got reimbursements for these guys for representatives and stuff going back and forth from their home to the capital. If you do it every month or every week, you're, you're wasting money. It's a job. Okay? You knew going in that you'd have to travel, so why should you be refunded for it? Okay? That's a ne- unnecessary thing. Hey, if you've got limos and you want to ride in a limo, pay for the limo, pay for the fuel. Don't make the state pay for it. If there's okay. a speaking engagement statewide that you are invited to, donate those funds that you get from that organization to a homeless group, a food bank, that sort of thing. Because I really, you know, if I make it to state level, I really don't need the higher tax bracket. I would be looking for ways to help the people of Michigan should be spending my money again. Ha! <laughs> what, um, I, I, again, I want to go back and, and find out what what people um, are, are telling you. And, and with the number of times that you've run for political offices, and, and both of you have run for offices at, at different times, uh, at least once that I know of at the same time for the same office, but you've run for different things, both of you. Have you built up a following? Do you have a following going into this primary? Do you have some expectation of uh, what kind of numbers you're going you're gonna to pull in a couple of weeks? Well, I certainly don't have any of the higher politicians in my um, <laughs> campaign group. Um have you been mean to them, Lynn? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just horrible. No, um, we have probably people out there interested in us, but we don't try to go out and instigate a following that could eventually turn on you. And we've seen that. And we've already seen it. We've already encountered it in our previous campaign. So basically, 
we're waiting to see what will happen on August 2nd. Do you, do you have any feel for any feedback from um, how well you're doing with some of the people that you've talked to? Yeah, there, there are some. There are uh, friends of ours that say, go for it. Uh, we have people that are saying, I'll vote for you. Um, it just depends. I mean, the, the situation in the politics today, the way it's for being played out, it's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Are you uh, participating in events that your respective parties are having that that help you um, attract some support? No, we're not because ninety percent of the time we're not even advised of those things that they're doing. I found out that there was an event on July ninth put out by a specialist group on Facebook that uh, had just about every other Republican there, but except me. And she's tried to... I have tried to reach out to the Republican Party locally and statewide, and it seems like I'm being stonewalled, mainly because I said I was not a Trumpster. Well... Most of the people that support Trump are a little vindictive. Um, oh, you think? <laughs> well, just a bit. I mean, I'm seeing absolutely nothing as far as support from the, uh, the, the county and state level. Apparently, they feel that I would contaminate them. And I'm sorry. I, you know, whatever. Uh, it's still going to come out on August 2nd, so... If you want to have a Trumpster in place, be my guest. If you don't want a Trumpster, you want a traditional conservative Republican, I'm your lady. Because I am willing to get out there and fight for you. Well, you know, something Ray said earlier about not doing uh, fundraising, you know, sometimes those fundraisers are as much about raising friends as they are raising funds. And I wonder if, if you don't, hold yourselves back a little bit by not having some public events and trying well, to get we some tried We have tried fundraising in the past, and um, that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, we, we tried three or four fundraisers, and basically what's happened is nobody shows up. People don't want to pay, pay the money. Uh, you look at some of these fundraisers that they're running right now is, $65 a ticket. Well, number one, people can't afford it. We just say, hey, bring $5. We don't care. That doesn't just work. bring yourself. Bring yourself, even. People right now are more concerned because of the economy that getting out there. But we do talk with people. We do see people. Uh, we get phone calls from people. Uh, we did a promotion and the company, I did promotions, but that way. And the company that I had to do the, the flyers that they give out to the people didn't put on that I was a Democrat. And you should have seen the calls I got saying, I thought you were a Democrat. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they screwed up. They're going to fix it. But it was like, you know, 
you just kind of go like, oh, well, that's another. <laughs> but, yeah, fundraisers are great. If you can get the people to come. If you get And spend people. their disposable income. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that disposable income. And well, that's. And it's, it's been tough, I think, uh, over the last couple of years because a lot of people don't go out don't want to go out to events. Well, the COVID put paid to a lot. I mean, the COVID, you know, when we are dealing with what apparently on the news, you know, is saying we're having another wave come through. So are we going to be back into mask mandates? Oh, it's not going to be fun. What are your thoughts about that? The, you know, the legislature and uh, Governor Whitmer went back and forth over uh, her power to mandate masks in closed businesses and schools and so on. And the legislature tried to, to make some adjustments to her ability to do that. What do you think? Was uh, was the governor too tough? No, I think I think the governor was not the governor. And what I mean by that is she was following what the nation was. Instead of thinking about the people in her state, she was going, well, Congress says or the president says this, which is democratic, says, hey, we need to do this. Instead of saying, okay, guys, let's look at what we have within the state because there was a lot of places that didn't have maybe one or two cases of COVID, but yet you, you shut everything down. So they were looking at, we're going to do with the national opposite. So to me, that was, that was an error, a, a huge error, okay? You need to look at what the people and where the people are at. Now, sure, in Detroit, you've got a lot of people, close quarters, close everything. Yeah, you need to put a mask on, that's fine. But make sure it's going to help. I mean, now we're finding some of these masks that they were saying or some of these things that they were saying, it doesn't matter. So why didn't you look at that to begin? Nobody followed what was going on. It was more of, okay, let's do this because this state's doing that, or that state's doing that, or this party's doing this, and this party's fighting there. So, well, Ray, Lynn, we're almost out of time. We got about a minute and a half, and I always want to make sure that uh, listeners can find out where they can find out more about you. My guests are. Ray Freiberger and his wife, Lynn Freiberger. Uh, Ray is a Democrat. Lynn is a Republican. They're both running for the, uh, uh, it's kind of an open seat in the uh, 68th District uh, um, uh, section for the uh, Michigan House of Representatives. Um, is there a website, Facebook page, some some way that people can find out more about the two of you and, and uh how they can help and support and so on? Well, I'll tell you what. We're both up on Bing and Google. But my face, my Facebook page is Lynn Freiberger, 68th District. I have a, a website, votelfreiberger.com. Check and, me out. And I have the same thing, but not with the same name. Mine is uh, Raymond Freiberger, 68th District, on Facebook. Uh also have a website, and it's 
VoterFreiberger.com. We're also up on Ballopedia. I have several of these uh, Voter 411 telling you about, about us and which you can read and understand. Well, thank you both and keep up the good work. No problem. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. This is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flip Flip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. 
Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. This day will go down in history as precedent-shattering. John Bickerson is smiling. Despite the lateness of the hour, the fact that he has had perhaps the hardest day of his life at the office, John Bickerson is smiling. Why? Tell us, John. Two weeks vacation with pay. Wait till I tell Blanche, brother, how I've longed for this. I'll sew myself into the bed sheets and sleep for ten days. John? Hello, Blanche. How is my beautiful wife? What? Would you like me to bring you a glass of milk and a cookie? And here's a little present for you. You look wonderful, honey. Oh, this is awful. What's the matter? This morning I burned my hand on the stove. I ripped my only pair of nylons. My inlay fell out, and now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not drunk and you know it. Then why are you so nice to me? What's the use? When I come home tired, can't smile, she beefs. When I come home and try to be pleasant, she accuses me. Put out the lights. You're not going to bed with your shoes on. Yes, I am. I work like a horse. I might as well sleep like a horse. Why did you bring me a present? What have you been up to, John? Bring his wife a present. Oh, stop it. A husband doesn't bring his wife a present unless he's done something wrong. I've brought you a million presents and I've never done anything wrong. Never. Not since the day I married you. I wish you'd let me sleep. Sure. Sleep. That's the easiest way out when you've got a guilty conscience. Blanche, I tell you, I haven't got a guilty conscience. Then why did you buy me an expensive present? It isn't an expensive present. It's the crummiest present I could find. I could believe that, all right. What is it? Why don't you open it and see? I bet you've gone and thrown away your money on some stupid thing I can't even use. Oh, you can use it fine. A home beauty outfit. It's got everything, just what you need. Wrinkle cream, freckle remover, hair darkener, false eyelashes, chin reducing strap. What kind of a present do you call this? What are you hinting at? How did I know what was in it? Nobody would use this but a homely woman. Oh, that's not true. All women use it. They do not. Only the homely ones and I wouldn't touch it. The sales girl in the drugstore said she uses it all the time, and she's not half as homely as you are. What? I mean, you're just as pretty. And that's just about what happened. You walked into a drugstore, saw a pretty face, and didn't know what you were buying. I didn't look at her face at all. If you were going to buy me a present, why didn't you buy me something I could use? Why didn't you get me an ounce of taboo? 
What's that? My favorite perfume. Well, you've got a dresser full of perfume. Taboo, Sabu, Snafu, Sterno. Enough perfume for any woman alive. Look at those bottles. They're all empty, and it's all your fault. You left the corks out, and it evaporated. I leave the cork out of my bourbon, don't I? Well, what about it? That never evaporates. You never give it a chance. I don't see why I should have to do without because of your nasty habits. What do you think makes a thing dry up, John? Wish I knew. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. You know I worked at the office 18 hours without a let-up? That's what you said you did. That's what I did. I did it for what I thought was a good reason, but now I'm sorry. Why? Forget it. What is it, John? What happened? (gasps) You lost your job. I didn't lose my job. I got two weeks vacation with pay. It's the first vacation I've had in seven years, and I wanted to enjoy it. But no, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? How can you say that, John? Of course I want you to enjoy yourself. Where's the money? In my wallet. Two whole weeks pay. Now, do you mind if I rest? You know, John, I haven't had a vacation either. A change of scene will do us both a world of good. If you're so tired, there's only one thing in the world for you to do. He's doing it. Where did he say that money was? Oh, here it is. Two weeks' pay. Blanche, put that money back. Oh, I I thought you were sleeping, dear. What were you doing with that money? What's the matter, Blanche? I'm not doing anything. I'm just counting it to see if they gave you the right amount. It's the right amount. Put it back and go to sleep. You needn't talk like that. I wasn't going to steal it. Who said you were? Just like you to make a crack like that. I didn't make any cracks at all. Go on. Call the police. Have me arrested. Put me in prison. Nobody's putting you in prison. They'll lock me up in solitary confinement. Rats running all over me in my cell. And I stand helpless, shaking, behind iron bars. No way to escape. Blanche. Oh, why don't you send me a hacksaw, John? You're getting hysterical. Well, don't go accusing me of taking your money. It's half mine anyway. It's all yours. All I want is sleep. I don't see why we can't go away on a vacation for a few days. You go. I told you I'm going to do nothing but sleep for the whole two weeks. You'll have to get up sometime. Not even once. How are you going to collect your unemployment insurance? What unemployment insurance? You're going to be out of work for two weeks. You can't collect unemployment insurance if you've got a job. If you're not working, you haven't got a job, have you? That's different. Why? I don't know why. Nobody does it, that's all. Well, what's the good of unemployment insurance if you don't get any money when you're unemployed? Being on vacation is not the same as being unemployed. Don't tell me. What? Clara's husband, Barney, has never had a job his whole life, and he collects his unemployment check every week. He can't collect any checks if he doesn't work. I thought you said they only pay you when you don't work. That's right. But you have to work before you can be out of work so you have a legitimate claim for the money you earned that you don't get. I don't get it. Oh, leave me alone. And I'm telling you now, John, you've got two weeks off and you're going to do one of two things. Do you hear me? I hear you. Either you start collecting your unemployment insurance or else you fill in those two weeks with another job. Another job? This is my vacation. I don't care. It won't hurt you to work those two weeks. And we could use the money. (sighs) Okay, I'll get another job in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? 
Go on, get up. Get a job, you loafer. What kind of a job can I get at two o'clock in the morning? What's the matter with being a night watchman? I won't do it. I won't do it. You've got no right to deprive me of my two weeks off. I don't care what happens. I won't get another job. All right, then. Promise you'll take me away on a vacation. There's no way out. I promise. Will you swear? Every minute that we're away. I know where we'll go. Lake Tahoe. I'll only have to buy a few more dresses, and you can wear your dungarees all the time. Okay. Just tell them you came in from fishing, and if it gets cold, I've got just the thing. Let me show you what I picked up on sale yesterday. I don't want to see it. Just look at this, John. Isn't it stunning? What's so stunning about a bath rug? It's a fur cape, silly. Well, where's the fur? Well, that's the way it's supposed to look. It's the very latest style, sheared beaver. Sheared beaver? It's been clipped. So have I. You have not. This is worth every penny, John. You know I'm a good judge of furs. Oh sure. The past two years you bought a bald mink and a plucked skunk. Well, what's wrong with them? The mink stinks and the skunk shrunk. Blanche, how much did you pay for this one? Only ninety-four dollars. Ninety-four dollars? Oh, Blanche, you didn't. Get that money back. You hear me? Get that money back. Don't get hysterical. As soon as the Blanche, how could you do this to me? I deny myself everything. I've been sewing heels on your old pocketbooks and wearing them for shoes. I've been eating the padding out of my overcoat shoulders to save on breakfast cereal. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just chew the cork and hit myself on the head with the bottle. I never spend a nickel on myself. You bought a bag of popcorn yesterday. That wasn't popcorn. My teeth fell out from malnutrition. I'm warning you, Blanche. Blanche, you're not going to get away with it. What do you want? Hello, Bickerson. This is Mr. Guernsey. Yes. Oh,、uh, oh, hello, Mr. Guernsey. I hate to be calling you at this hour, Bickerson, but something very urgent has come up. What happened? I just received word that our Chicago plant burned down, and we weren't covered. This morning, I filed bankruptcy proceedings, and I'm closing up for good. What? I trust you'll find a new position, and I do wish you good luck. Well,、uh, thanks. By the way, Bickerson, would you mind sending back that two-week salary I gave you? I need every penny I can scrape together. Yeah,、um, sure, I'll send it.、Uh, goodbye. Well, did you hear that, Blanche? No. What was it? My boss, Mr. Guernsey. I lost my job. <gasps> wonderful. Wonderful. What's so wonderful about it? Now you can collect your unemployment insurance. Oh, Blanche. Good night, John. Well, hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program.、I、want to say thanks to all of my guests today. This、uh, in the third hour: Ray Freiberger and Lynn Freiberger, Democrat and Republican, married couple, both、uh, running for the 68th district seat in the Michigan House of Representatives, also running in that race.、Uh, in the first hour, David Martin, a Republican from the.、Uh, 48th district, which will now be the 68th district, and、uh, former TV news anchor Sherry Hardman. See you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show, and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. 
Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.